Hi everyone, Ange here. Uh, I just wanted to get ahead of some of the audio issues we had in this um, episode. We actually recorded this episode before, um, episode 14, so we're getting used to the new mics, and there's a little bit of buzzing here uh, here and there. I just want to make sure uh, to let you know as you start to listen to this episode, I can promise you that it will not continue. Uh, other than that, please enjoy. Morals for spring. Groundbreaking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Voltaire, hair. I would personally like to learn about Voltaire. Okay, Christine. Ladybird. Is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quote? Well, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Okay. Take it away, Ladybird. You want to know how I got these scars? I I quit. I quit. <laughs> Everybody wants to party with Aretha because I'm sexy and chubby, man. I have s- such doubts. <laughs> All right, welcome. Episode 15 of Movie Time with Anjanari. Special episode. We're actually in person for the first time. We, you might notice we sound delicious right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got some new mics. We commandeered the Forgotten Siblings apartment for our mm-hmm. new for our recording uh, recording studio. She's out of town, um, and we're actually recording our fifteenth episode before our fourteenth episode. This is actually a surprise. This is a new episode. Last our, minute planning. <laughs> last minute planning <laughs> by me. I like to fly by the seat of my pants. Um, so we're doing. Uh, an extra episode a week from now on, hopefully. Um, and we're going to do a lot of, it's going to be looser. Uh, it's going to be movies we like, franchises, um, not necessarily, not movie news uh, twice a week because that would be redundant. Um, not what we're watching twice a week, again, for the same reason, but mostly just, uh, you know, maybe rankings, pop culture, deep dives into actors. It's kind of, it's going to be loose. It's going to be kind of fluid. Um, but it, but we're starting with the first Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Ariana, how do you feel about that? It was interesting to watch this movie for the first time in, I feel like, years. And it's different watching it when you're older, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be disappointed because I actually had a good experience. I didn't say movie. I had a bad experience. I just um, have different observations because I'm 26 and not like 12 <laughs> years old when I'm watching this it. First, this is the first movie I had a vivid um memory of seeing the theaters i don't remember seeing this I think in the we, theaters i remember walking i can vividly remember walking maybe out. i do though because i do remember being really scared of uh, the, the the voldemort ghost we'll get yeah to that. That, <laughs> I, I had i had nightmares about that yeah i was definitely scared of a lot of things in this movie when i was a kid um so uh that's what we're starting with i mean basically i was our thought was there's so many movies that we want to do uh and I mean, it would take us forever to get through the movies we want to do, plus Harry Potter movies, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, you know, all the franchises and other things like that. So uh, we, we decided to put another episode. And we love just doing the podcast. So we're like, okay, let's just add another episode um, each week. So before we get into the Harry Potter review, I guess the the topic that we're, we're going to start with here is top five favorite movies of all time. For each of us, mm-hmm. obviously, this <laughs> we haven't we never really talked about on the podcast like what our favorite movies are. Um, and before we started the podcast, we like started this little Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. about like oh, yeah. our, of our favorite movies. 
um, with like ratings and some basic information like directors and, and actors. Um, and we never, I mean, I don't think we're keeping up with it, but, well, uh, we should be, Google but doc. we're not, <laughs> <laughs> Ariana doesn't like that. It's in a Google spreadsheet and not a, a Google I, Word I, document. I like taking notes in an Excel spreadsheet. You, be, you have to squish everything in those little charts and I don't like it, but I understand. <laughs> it's, literally, it's literally made for an Excel spreadsheet, but whatever. Um, so we never really talked about like what we like, what our preferences are. I mean, this is this list is not going to be it's it's going to be fluid because I know I'm forgetting movies that I really enjoy. Same. Uh, but we'll start from five to one. Oh, so it's like we're gonna ranked. Yeah, I mean, I ranked them. Uh, I ranked them, but it's it's it. There's some that will stay where they are, and there's some that I could see shifting. But th- okay, it's ranked. Um, Do you want me to go first? Yeah, five? you go. F- well. Yeah. Well, I didn't know we were doing it best like you had to because I don't know if I can even really order these because they're so different. Just just making a best a best attempt. All right. All right. I'll start with number five. Mm-hmm. School of Rock is my number five favorite movie of all time. <laughs> in the in the Lang household, among all of us, my mom, Allie, Ariana, and myself, this is a staple. It's so rewatchable. It's hilarious. Jack Black's performance is fucking phenomenal. There's so many quotes in this movie that um, I can't even count them. I don't know if this is going to be on our year list. Well, we'll see. We'll if see. We have okay, because I don't want I don't want to talk about it too much. But <laughs> that's my number five, Ariana. So we're going. Okay, so yeah, my five. number five is School of Rock as well. <laughs> yeah, I had that was the first thing that came to mind. Whenever someone's like, "What's your What's one of your favorite movies of mm-hmm. all time?" It's School of Rock. You can't. Like anyone who doesn't like School of Rock, I'm sorry, you have no you have no joy in your soul. Real seriously though, like it's not like a traditional like oh like you know Oscar winner or like a very deep movie, but it's such a good comedy. It's so um, funny. It's so well executed. I don't know how to describe it. Jack Black is so fucking funny. He's he lives out every single movement and word like mm-hmm. in that movie. He's so vivid. Like you couldn't admit, that movie wouldn't be anything if it wasn't Jack Black. That was the thing. Oh yeah, definitely not. He's so good. He's so good in that role. Plus, like the the soundtrack is great. Mm-hmm. Like it's cool that they actually have kids that play instruments in it. And it's what was one of my favorite movies growing up. And it's still I still watch it now. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this holds up so well. Um, yeah. Okay. We're, we're in sync there, but we're definitely going to differ. Mm. Um, I know which, I know one of yours. Yeah. I mean, I know. There. Yeah. We I don't even know. know one of yours. Um, <laughs> four is Schindler's List. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I, yes. It's about the Holocaust, but it's so emotional. A Rafe finds, uh, film. I'm He's calling in as him well. Fianna still. <laughs> Abigail. Shout out to Abigail who has corrected me a thousand times. Um, it's Rafe finds. <laughs> He's amazing in it. Liam Neeson's awesome. Uh, I think oh, I don't. I cannot remember what the other guy's name is. I don't know if you can hear that if you're listening to this yeah, podcast. Our, we're, our sister's we're, cats are <laughs> skittering around, and they're like being really aggressive right now. So <laughs> we're cats. Yeah, we're well. Ariana's cat sitting. I just came over, but um, Schindler's List. It's all black and white, but it doesn't feel like you're watching a movie in all black and white. It is three hours long, but I like a, a long movie, so it doesn't bother me that it's three hours long. It's heart wrenching. Uh, it's it's emotional. That's that's number four for me. Right, you know what? I completely. All right. Well, I'm, I, I think I, I already know what I forgot on this we'll do some, list. Maybe but some honorable we're mentions. Have, we're going to. Yeah. I, I think I, I would After have to readjust this. But right now, my number four, I put Prisoners. OK. OK. Um, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman. Uh, Who else? Terrence is Howard. The, oh, yeah. yeah Terrence, Terrence Howard. Howard. Yeah, yeah. And then is Viola Davis the wife in that? Yeah. OK. Viola so. Davis. And then uh, that one kid who's in everything. He's in. uh a band too that I can't think of the name of, but 
great movie. Um, oh, Paul Dano too. Oh, Paul Dano. I mean, that movie just really s- sits with me. Like I-, I think about it all the time. Um, just really weird thriller, like very striking imagery. Jake Gyllenhaal is literally, I've never been more attracted to Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie. Like he is so good looking in that movie. You cannot tell me that that isn't the most attractive he's ever looked. Hugh Jackman, great performance, amazing acting. So Hugh Jackman's great. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, prisoners at four for number, uh, number three for me, first Tarantino movie I ever saw in glorious bastards. I'm not like a Tarantino Stan. I just love, I mean, I love Django and glorious bastards. Uh, it's just so, it was so good. I was like in eighth grade when I saw it. Shout out Uncle John. I think he listens to this. (laughs) But he took me to see this when I was in eighth grade with our cousin Alec. And it's R. Like it's rated R. They're scalping people in it. And I don't think like he, my mom knew, or mom knew like how bad it was. I don't think he knew either because he's not like typically someone who would like take you to a terrible, like a really gory movie. Um, But the humor, like I said, it's my first exposure to like a Tarantino movie. Like the way he, his style and the way he films things. And, the scene in the very beginning between Christoph Waltz and the French father, who the Jewish father, um, who they're housing, or I guess he's not Jewish, but they're housing the Jews, is the most intense scene, intense scene I've ever seen, uh, and it's so well executed. Um, it, it like it, it gets you hooked immediately because it's the first scene uh, in the movie, and I mean it's it ends in ter- typical Tarantino style where everyone dies and it's you know um, kind of revised history, but. That's my that's my number three. Ariana. Yeah, well, just to piggyback on that, I want to do like a Tarantino dive at some point because I know he's like a huge like segment of film history that I'm yeah. missing. Mostly, I have conflicting I mean, I thoughts about Fiction. him. I've tried to watch it. Um, I don't know if Tom, you're listening, but we tried to watch that once, and I know I was definitely complaining. Like, I love the iconic moments that everyone loves, but it was like halfway through, and Bruce Willis just like. So monotone in that. But yeah, I want to watch Kill Bill. I want to watch Inglorious Bastards. I want to rewatch Django. So we'll get back to that. But my third one is Midsommar. Um, mm, pretty recent yeah. movie, Ari Aster. <clears throat> it's a horror movie, but honestly, it's a, it's a drama. Like, it's gory, but it's it's one of the most perfectly executed films I've ever seen. It's, you know, one of a kind and that it takes place in broad daylight. We got to see the director's extended cut in theater, so it was really cinematic. Um, one of the best endings I've ever seen. Florence Pugh is an amazing up and coming actress, and it's just something that I th- it's just one of those movies that really sticks with me. And I and I think it, it it really leaves you with a lot of questions at the end, and sort of reflects um, the questions back at you, like what is your morality? What do you think of this? How do we interact with other cultures, et cetera, et cetera? So if you can stand the gore and you haven't seen this, I would highly re- recommend it. Yeah, the reason I haven't seen it is because I. Can't stand Close your eyes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, good show. I mean, everyone else thinks it's good. So, you know, I, I don't doubt that. Number two, a movie that we saw together, 1917. Oh, okay. I 1917. I, either, yeah. I mean, for a World War One movie, it, I mean, the cinematography in this fucking movie is incredible. The shots are amazing. We got to see it in theaters, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like very hesitant to rewatch it because I'm afraid like a lot of the magic will be gone by seeing it at home. But I mean, the performances by uh, King Joffrey, I don't know the actor's name. And uh, not his... Joffrey, it's the, the brother. Tommen. Oh, sorry, Tommen. Sorry, Tommen. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure what the, the other main name, guy, the main guy, but yeah, they were, they were awesome. I mean, not a ton happens, I guess it just, but it also just highlights like how 
you're an 18 year old kid and you just go through like you see so much death and like action in like a day and a half or whatever it was it was very tense um yeah it's my second favorite movie of all time yeah i mean right now definitely yeah that's definitely an honorable mention i'm not usually a war movie person but i literally loved that movie and i also thought it was it was yeah perfectly circular and i thought the ending was rather depressing in this in the same (laughs) sense of it's like he does this crazy dramatic day and a half and then he sits back down he kind of just basically is like yeah probably do that again the next day (laughs) um my second one which i'm gonna make you watch at some point is portrait of a lady on fire it's a french historical queer drama (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's a slow burner but it's I mean it's three women basically the whole cast the whole movie and it's just so good the ending is like so perfect um amazing acting and that's one I've watched like two times within the past year so just an, a, yeah an amazing movie but I hope we get to talk about this at some point yeah I need so. to watch it I just haven't sat down to watch correct. it I have to know how like I have to be in the mood to watch a foreign language film mm-hmm. but like when I watched Parasite I mean, it, it doesn't feel like you're watching a movie in a foreign language. So I, I think the really good ones you don't really even notice because the acting is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but my number one, Ariana knows it already. It's Goodfellas. <laughs> Scorsese, <laughs> De Niro, uh, Pesci, Leota. Uh, this movie is so fucking good. Um, I can watch it any time, any day. This is a movie, a staple of my like childhood growing up, always on like AMC like usually like once every two weeks and I would, I would always turn it on. Um, the late, I mean, I, the Layla scene, uh, where they're, they're killing every, they're just showing everybody get killed and they're playing Layla in the background, the piano. It's just so, uh, I don't know. So chilling almost. Um, but yeah, I mean, the performances are amazing. And Pesci is incredible in that movie. I can't believe it didn't win best picture. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's my number one. No surprises there. So this is my number one, and I don't. If I really had to think about it, I don't know if it really would be my number one of all time. But I put Lady Bird. Really. And we did like I mean, our first Bird, episode that was like a just basically a tester episode of what yeah. this podcast was going to be on Lady Bird, and I just fucking love that movie. It is really I, good. I thought about it. I yeah, thought about putting it's, it. Up there. It's so good. Like it's perfectly funny. It's also like makes you cry. The performances are amazing. It has, like, such a specific feeling of nostalgia. They cover, like, a lot. Like, they cover, you know, coming to terms with, like, queerness when you're growing up and just, I don't know, losing your virginity and just, like, these complicated relationships with their parents. they do it very parents. well. Yeah. So, I just, yeah, I love that movie so much. It's mm-hmm. so good. Uh, honorable mentions, The Big Short for me, Moonlight. Uh, I really like Dallas, Bu- Dallas Buyers Club. I love that mm. movie. Um, what else? Oh, When Harry Met Sally, I thought about putting on there. Hmm. Um, I think that's it. I mean, those are like the ones that came to mind. But. Yeah, I would put Parasite on an honorable Parasite mention too. for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I was just I, don't, I can't even really put this on the top five, but Lord of the Lord yeah, of the Rings I was franchise that too. is those movies just like for favorite me, movies. It's hard to oh, put like yeah. a big franchise. Like I was gonna put like Avengers: Infinity War. It's like I love that movie, but it's not like. I, I mean, that's very rewatchable for me, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's something I put in like It's my not like a dramatic, five. yeah. It's yeah. not like what I think about when I, well, I mean, School there's certain things not, that are so. really amazing, yeah, amazing yeah. about Lord of the Rings, but we're going to talk about that more in depth later, but yeah, that's definitely like a hu- one of a huge uh, yeah. influences on my on my life. Yeah, so that's our, our top five favorite movies. We figured we'd just give you an idea of what our taste is. Our taste is kind of all over the board, so, um, but, you know, it just gives you an idea of what we like and what we're probably going to review at some point. Um, but let's get into Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone review. If you don't know, we're huge Harry Potter stands. <laughs> we're rereaders. We're 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 book over movie stands. We're 
I'm I'm a movie. I want the movie to be similar to the book, like as similar as possible. I'm book mm-hmm. is better than movie guy, but um, we do. I mean, I I loved all the movies. I mean, except for three, but we'll get to that. But um, uh, we like we're huge. I don't know how many re- times do you reread the series? Like seven re-read. times. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I used to read them a lot more. Yeah when I was younger and I haven't reread. I mean, I feel like the last time I reread it was, I don't know, maybe three years ago, yeah, but it's still a couple years ago. Yeah. I, I still, I, especially like the later books, like four mm-hmm. five, six, seven, I really like rereading those, but yeah, I mean, it's an easy to read book, but that doesn't mean it's like not entertaining. It's compelling. For adults. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely compelling. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously let's get into the movie. Um, you start out late one night, Albus Dumbledore, Minerva, Minerva McGonagall, mm-hmm. uh, professors at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, along with the school's groundskeeper, Hagrid, deliver a recently orphaned infant named Harry Potter to his only remaining relatives, the Dursleys. I mean, this is not new to anybody, but I think what we need to say initially is I, we've heard the soundtrack so many times, mm-hmm. but it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine hearing I wish I could just hear it for the first time again. Mm-hmm. Everything about it is perfect. Mm-hmm. That's just, I mean, and also when we see old Dumbledore walking down the street, do we like the old Dumbledore? <laughs> this or the is new something Dumbledore? I really had to come one. to grips with. I got to say, I kind of hate old Dumbledore. Really? <laughs> I actually came around a little bit on old Dumbledore because old Dumbledore, I can't, RIP to the actor, mm-hmm. but he was way too fucking old to do anything in the later movies. Mm-hmm. Like he was so old that mm-hmm. like he wasn't agile enough. Like Dumbledore was like doing shit in the later movies, like jumping yeah. around, drinking the fucking potion. In- <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk about in that the, scene in the when sixth we get to movie. Um, so like, he, but he has what he, what he's good about in that or what's good about the old Dumbledore. He's got like the subtle wisdom, the subtle powerfulness. He's kind of got that down. And like, like his voice better. I like his voice better. I was going to say, I actually hated the fact that he could not speak above a whisper this entire movie. He was whispering the whole movie. And yeah. I, I do agree that I think he actually works better in a sense with the younger actors as well. Like I think yeah. he suits children more because he is very like kind and, and his voice is so quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely like the newer zestier Dumbledore, yeah. but I also kind of hate the new Dumbledore. <laughs> Yeah, the new like, Dumbledore has ridiculous. moments the th- where where he sucks is the third movie. The third movie when he first is introduced, he like he's way. I mean, I, we'll get into it when we actually review it, but he's very like I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like just cra- like cra- crazy. I don't like he's way too over the top. But then he settles down in the later movies, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I haven't um, watched the third movie in a really yeah because I try to avoid it. Um, so then we flash forward, we go inside Harry's scar into the future. Uh, 10 years later, he's living in the fucking broom closet under the Dursley, (laughs) under the Dursley stairs. Um, and they go to the zoo. The first thing I notice is like, uh, Vernon Dursley just drags him aside. He's like, if you cause any trouble, I'm not going to feed you for a week. I mean, like borderline call CPS. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I said. That was another thing. I was like, oh, this is harder to watch when I'm 26 yeah. and you literally see child abuse yeah, in a movie. Like much. when you're a kid, you're like, oh, it's your evil aunt and uncle. They're so mm-hmm. bad. But it's like, you're literally like shoving this kid in a confined space and torturing him, psychologically abusing him. <laughs> and uncle Vernon with his like squinty fucking eyes. <laughs> um, I just want to shout out to also Aunt Petunia, Fiona Shaw. I she's in Killing Eve and she does a little cameo in Fleabag, but she's like like a really fucking good actress, especially in Killing Eve. But yeah, it's interesting seeing her in this because I really never knew who she was outside Mm -hmm. of Ampetunia, but she's like an amazing actress. Yeah. Um, 
so then they go outside. I never really noticed. Like, I knew that like they lived in a very like symmetrical, like uh, typical suburban neighborhood, but every house is exactly the same in every car. They have a, everyone has the exact exact same model of car, but just mm. a different color. Um, so again, they go to the, they go to the zoo. Um, <laughs> Harry is talking to the snake. <laughs> he's got he's got parcel tongue. He's speaking parcel tongue, but we don't know it at the time. Um, and then uh, I think what Dudley pushes him aside, and then Harry makes the glass vanish using magic. Obviously, not knowing it's magic. <laughs> and then the snake escaped. He goes thanks. <laughs> Well, I just like that the snake is like shaking his head. Yeah. Like, but yeah, that's probably me and Angelo always like we just say it to each other. We yeah. just text like thanks. thanks with like three S's, and I know exactly what it is. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so then, of course, Harry gets in huge trouble for that with the Dursleys, and then he starts receiving the Hogwarts letters, um, you know, one at a time. And then <laughs> um, Mr. Dursleys are ripping them up and getting all. Then he like he drills a, a board in the nail box like the wrong way he does it like up and down it should be side to side so he's trying to like stop all these all these um letters from coming in and then he of course his famous line no post on sundays <laughs> i is he still alive no he passed okay away. i was gonna say he looks like on the like he's very, he's very red like yeah he's, he's very on, on the, the verge of he death. gets worse too like throughout the movies I, I mean he just gets he in just worse looks, health yeah. yeah but he does a good job as mr dursley yeah he's um good. so yeah no no post on sundays uh so then of course he thinks that there's going to be no mail. He's seeing all the owls flying around because they deliver the mail. And then this scene where the letters are flowing through the every basically every orifice in the house, through the chimney, through all the windows. That's a very cool scene. That scene kind of holds up, like all the letters just flying around. Yeah, I like that scene too. I was thinking the same thing. I really like the imagery, and I was just thinking throughout the movie, like it wasn't bad. Like it, it wasn't up. bad with the with the the, the mm-hmm. effects and things the, like the that. The movie looks good. And that's what's <laughs> that's something you could say like about Lord of the Rings too. Yeah, like Lord twenty years ago, good. and everything looks good. It can. It's not something you could say about Battlefield Earth. Well, it's weird because <laughs> we like there are movies that are made like within the past three years of the CGI is like disgusting. Yeah, and it's, it's like what? I don't know. I don't know if it's the staff. I don't know if it's. I think people I, use less makeup art now, which is kind of like you should yeah. use more prosthetics and makeup. It looks better. Yeah. So you know the 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 letters are flying in there, and then. They escaped to some random island in the middle of the sea. I don't really understand that. Like, how are they supposed to get to work? How are they supposed to do anything? Like, where was this island? That's what I always kind of never really got about watching or even reading yeah. the books. I'm like, what was the the end goal there? Um, besides getting uh, away from the letters. Uh, so then, of course, it's Harry's birthday. Hagrid comes in for like, the, I mean, you see him in the beginning, but this is like the first time he comes really and introduces himself. Uh, and... It's it's a great scene. You're a wizard, Harry. That's classic. Uh, he assaults uh, Dudley and gives him a pigtail. A, a lot of Dudley He's fat shaming sitting on in this. The, yeah, there's like a weird. I was thinking about that too. I'm like, she like has Hagrid, who's fat and lovable, but like she also, or at least like the vision of like. <laughs> We well, all know that like, Jake Harrowling is one-dimensional in her feelings <laughs> and characters, but it does seem like she's putting like evilness and like fatness in like the and, same yeah. category. I'm like, okay, <laughs> a lot they're of fat just shaming on Dudley. Um, they <laughs> he basically... was eating that cake disgustingly, though. <laughs> He was like, and also Haggard is not, did he bake that cake? He did bake a cake. He's not known for making good desserts. Like no. throughout the books, he's known for making terrible desserts. So I don't know why anyone would want it. But, um, so that's basically when Haggard tells him, all right, you're coming with me. Um, which is, I think Haggard's just awesome in the series. The actor's great. I mean, obviously they make him look huge. Um, 
dry up Dursley, you old prune. Um, yeah, he's, he's a great, lovable mm-hmm. character. And then next is uh, Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley. Um, where they, he basically is getting his full exposure to Wizarding World, quitted shops. He sees the broom. He sees like potion shops, all that stuff. And then, of course, the scene at Ollivander's where he picks his, <laughs> he picks his wand. I like where he slides <laughs> in on the ladder. <laughs> he slides in a ladder. Um, yeah, I like Ollivander. He's got a cool look to him. Um, he's kind of like evil and mischievous. Yeah, <laughs> he's like evil in the first. He's like. Curious. Curious. <laughs> he's like um he's like Voldemort did great things terrible things <laughs> um so then he gives him some wa- some wands to try out it's like first one doesn't work second one doesn't work then of course the third one is from the same phoenix tail that Voldemort had or whatever and then it lights up and you know the wand chooses the wizard gets his he gets all the stuff and then Hagrid just abandons him in the most the busiest uh, train station in all of... Well, I want to talk about the scene really quickly Oh, wait, where... of course, Gringotts. Yeah, they do go to Gringotts. Well, Gringotts, but also when they sit down at like, uh, one oh, of the pubs yeah. and they see Professor Quirrell, oh, and yeah. Hagrid casually mentions he's basically illiterate. He like, he's oh. like, I can't spell Voldemort. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that, of course. So then he starts to figure out that everyone, like, he's famous. Mm-hmm. He goes, they go to the pub and everyone's like, oh, Mr. Potter, how do you do? Um, because he obviously killed Voldemort or whatever. And then that's where he finds out who Voldemort is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of go into how he came and killed his parents. Then they go to Gringotts uh, to pick up the Sorcerer's Stone, basically. Is that mm-hmm. what Hagrid's doing? Yeah, to go to the... And then they go get all the gold that Harry's, like, rich or whatever. His parents left behind all this where, gold. What did, okay, that's the thing, too, is, like, he's always been, like, he's had rich. money, but it's, like, maybe... Where is... What did his parents do? Well, they were or, they were Aurors. Oh, they were they dark were. wizard, okay, but like, how okay. much money do you get paid to be an R? I don't know. Well, they probably um, didn't. They probably had stuff saved. Yeah, they I guess. Just, like, well, they killed, died when so, he was a baby, yeah, so yeah. they took all of it. Um, so yeah, they do run into Quirrell at uh, Tom's or the the Leaky Cauldron, uh, and then after they're done, Hagrid kind of abandons him and just leaves him in King King's Cross Station, which is like the busiest uh, train station mm-hmm. in London. Uh, nine and three quarters, of course. He sees Ron and their family. He gets into the the Hogwarts train. I love, I mean, the Hogwarts train and the countryside is still like so cool and nostalgic. Yeah, I like the train scene. I just wanted to say the scene where um, Harry's figuring out how to go to the platform oh. and he's the last one to go and he talks to Ginny and Ginny says, good luck. That is the most emotion I've seen her show in these movies I for the entire like, franchise. I must over that. She yeah, she's is terrible. one of the worst. And I'll just keep talking about this every single movie. She's I don't understand how they casted her. She's literally dead behind the eyes. <laughs> yeah, and, but sucks. when she says good luck, I'm like, oh, she literally has emotion for the first time I've ever yeah. seen her. But she actually sucks. Yeah. Um. So they get on the train and then, then uh, Harry, I think Ron comes to sit, sit in Harry's cabinet. Ron is so cute. Like, he's just a cute little kid. Like, they're he's so young. Shit, eh, kind of. Um. And they're just kind of talking about scabbers and, and getting to know each other and all that. Um. And Hermione comes in and being all, you know, sassy and know-it-all and fixing Harry's glasses and telling Ron he's got dirt on his nose because he's poor, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's always... I feel like I didn't realize I that didn't, when I was younger, very, but it is yeah. kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. He's poor. And but, the sandwich is all bunched up. Yeah. I well, <laughs> I was noticing throughout the film that Harry's wearing like these fucking huge pants with like this big yeah. belt that's like two's in navel. <laughs> yeah. The style wasn't great. Um, Can we just talk about also... <laughs> I don't know why I left so hard when they opened the card and the frog jumps oh. out of the... <laughs> I didn't find that funny like, at I, all. I don't know why like that was so funny to me, but for some reason when the frog just flings itself out of the window, like I don't know why I started laughing so Anything hard. Anything from the trolley days? We'll take the lot. We'll take the lot. Um, so they, get, they arrive at Hogwarts. 
for some reason the first year is always going a boat in. I don't know why that is. I don't it's think they hazing. Ever, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't think they ever really explain it. Um, and then they're walking up the stairs to go to the great hall and do the sorting. And then that's when you meet Draco. He's like, "Oh, the great Harry Potter's in school," and he's like trying to get him to join. And uh, Harry's like, "I got my own friends." Get the fuck out of here. And that's when the rivalry first starts between uh, Draco and Harry. You know, I heard a fact recently mm-hmm. that Draco only has like 37 minutes of screen time throughout the entire eight movies. Does that sound right to you? I mean, it's, uh, it's right, but it's crazy that he only has 37 minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it sounds right. He's. I feel like he's kind of underused. Yeah. Um, it's really like the, the sixth movie is where they talk about, or sixth book and movies where they talk about him like the most. It's mm-hmm. when they, because like when he's like gonna kill Dumbledore or whatever. Yeah, but, I actually really like his character development in that. Yeah, in that movie. Um, I just, I mean, he's not in this movie yet, but the father is one of the most iconic. Lucius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Lucius uh, on the next. Uh, uh, what is that? Chamber of Secrets review. Yeah. Uh, so then they walk into the uh, into the Great Hall. I mean, the feasts always looked so good. I mean, we haven't yeah. gotten there yet, but you know, uh, McGonagall leads him up to get sorted. I think the first one to get sorted was Hermione. Like Hermione right? goes yeah. into Gryffindor, and then they do Ron into Gryffindor. Susan Bones, for some reason, is just thrown up there to mm-hmm. show that Hufflepuff exists. And then Draco, before the hat he would touch his hat, he's Slytherin. And then Harry, of course, asserting half goes on him, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. And then he's like, not Slytherin, eh? <laughs> okay, I, I I wrote down that the hat is a sexual predator. <laughs> um, the hat is creepy. And also, I think this is before the sorting where Dumbledore gives his speech. His Okay, so this is like really not going to make sense unless the you went to... He's <laughs> off limits. He basically is like, one of you is going to die if you go yeah. into there. But that reminds me of like when we went to high school. Our, and I, I don't know if you were there when Gentile was there. Uh, no, but I he, wasn't. The, our, our, one of our principals would always give this speech at the beginning of the year, basically being like, well, one of you dies every year, so like, it, it's going to be one of you. Don't like go. That was his way of welcoming, and I was like, oh, okay, Dumbledore go on the third floor giving us that vibe. Yeah. Unless you desire to die a terrible death. In the books, is it that the hat, when the hat talks, only the person can hear it in their head? I think so. Okay, but everyone can hear but it I in the movies. Every, well, he was talking like loud, but not like, maybe not loud enough for everyone to hear, but you'd think that they all could hear. I think in the mm-hmm. books, they, it was just talking in your head. Um, but no, oh yeah, because like, and then he would sing those songs before the feast, like every few oh, years yeah. when something bad was going to happen. But I think everyone could hear it in their own head, but not out loud, something like that. Um so yeah, uh, you know Harry gets sorted into Gryffindor with all of his friends. Uh, they begin learning some spells. Seamus Finnegan is always blowing himself up. They're eating food at the at the feast, and then I think we go into the scene where he gets discovered as the seeker. Yeah, yeah. But just shout out to Nearly Headless Nick. They kind of like I, just they get rid of the they ghosts get rid later of the movies, ghosts, but I don't like later. the ghosts. I like him. Well, he has a big part in the fifth book so that they just completely cut out oh I yeah think. and then in the sixth in the, i mean the seventh has a big like they have they need rowena ravenclaw's ghost or whatever like mm-hmm. her daughter helena ravenclaw or something to uh get the ditem or deedum uh for the horcrux but yeah like they really just abandoned the Poor ghosts Nick. in the movies after like two or three wait what about two. wait do they have peeves Oh, Peeves? Is he in any of the movies? Uh, they might talk about him. I don't know if he did. Wait, really, Filch I totally has a, just remembered that. Filch has a, has a uh, sexual relationship with Peeves. <laughs> okay, I totally <laughs> forgot about that, but yeah, I'll just see. Um, so they they have uh, Quidditch lessons. Madam Pooch. It's Hooch, idiot. Oh, Hooch. <laughs> Madam Hooch. Um, 
she uh, is teaching uh, the remember all is what uh, Neville gets, I think, in the in the mail to basically tell him how tell, I guess it glows red when you he's forgetting something it's useless yeah it and really also, is a useless the, okay some of the names in the in this movie the remember all <laughs> okay JK Rowling it's a remember ball <laughs> The creative thinker of our generation. It's, it's a remember it's a remember ball. ball. Um, it turns red. <laughs> it turns red when you forget something. Um, so then, I mean, uh, what's his face is being a douche. Uh, Malfoy take, takes it away from him, steals it. And then, of course, Harry has to be hero complex, has to go save it. He throws it. He catches it. Uh, Harry catches it. And then McGonagall sees. I love that McGonagall's just scout and talent for the fucking Quidditch mm-hmm. team. Um, so then he becomes, uh, I think, the youngest one of the youngest uh, seekers ever in like school history. And I think on their way to the dorms is the next scene on the way to the dorms. They're like going home and then the, the staircase shifts and they end up seeing fluffy on the third floor corridor, the three headed dog. Yeah. They, I think Oliver is Oliver Wood teaching him Quidditch. I think it's either after that scene or right before that. Also just Madam Hooch is a top. We all know that. (laughs) (laughs) That <laughs> which is definitely yeah, um, and then Oliver Wood, he's he's great. I mean, he's, he's great. I he I always had a crush on him. Yeah, everyone had a crush younger. on Oliver Wood. Yeah, he had the best accent. I mean, that's kind of a throwaway scene. He's basically just teaching him how to play Quidditch. Um, and they they discover Fluffy, and they're like, "Why the fuck is Fluffy here?" Uh, also, a small wooden door is supposed to hold Fluffy. I guess I don't know. Like when Fluffy's they like kind of cute though. Yeah, Fluffy, when Fluffy's sleeping and the teeth aren't uh, mm-hmm. showing, pretty cute. Um, so he's guarding something is what Hermione um, tells them. Mm-hmm. I think the next next scene is when they're in the Flitwick's uh, class. class. Yeah. Also, they changed Flitwick's look completely. Yeah, I always was confused about how like he literally was like this white haired. Like, he was a thousand really... years old in the first one. And then he turned into like this weird like squatty goblin kind of like. Yeah, well, he had like a mustache and brown hair. I'm mm-hmm. like, why would you change And he's also like the choir director in the third. In the third I kind of like the I like later Flitwick though. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's just like, I, I think they realized they made him too old for the first movie. And they're like, okay, he looks way yeah. too old. Um, so, of course, this is Wingardium Leviosa. Uh, swish and flick. They're trying to get the feather to fly up, and then Hermione does it perfectly on like her first try. And Ron is uh, struggling, and then Ron's being a douche with the bros. He's like, he's oh, a little shit. Leviosa, I actually, Leviosa. No wonder she has no friends. He, she hears he's it. rude to Hermione like literally till the seventh book. <laughs> no, no. I mean, four. I think maybe fifth. Fifth on, I think he's mm-hmm. nicer. Like fourth is when he like is a douchester, yeah, basically incel, incel yeah, vibes. Yeah, and the yeah, fourth basically. movie when he like where he's like, I didn't ask you to go to the ball, but like you went with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, why you go with somebody else? Why you not sleep with me? Um, kind of yeah. So I think fifth on though, he's they're like on good terms, except for six when they start dating other people. Um, so then they uh, they have that Hermione's crying herself uh all day crying to herself all day in the girls bathroom and then of course the troll <laughs> the troll gets let out on like halloween <laughs> troll troll in the dungeon just thought you had to know i like how he literally <laughs> passes, passes out, out just from also, saying that is the turban appropriation <laughs> i mean it's definitely like a weird fucking why thing why is he wearing a turban well, well we know why but, but like <laughs> there there's no context on, context on like who he is as a person ha- yeah, like i mean he's kind of you know what i was gonna say he's kind of attractive i'm saying i'm gonna say he's it. not but <laughs> <laughs> professor <laughs> quirrell's ta- kind of attractive they talk about in like the seventh movie they talk about how like quirrell found voldemort's like ghost in albania or whatever mm-hmm. and that's how like he inhabited his body but yeah i have no idea like they don't really talk about him at all um so 
she's stuck in the girl's bathroom. The troll gets out and then Harry and Ron realize that she's in there. So they got to go back to the bathroom, save her basically and kill the troll or knock the troll out, which they do. Uh, they get in trouble. I think, do they get in trouble for it? I think they do. They get, Oh no, they get in trouble later. Sorry. I'm skipping ahead. But don't um, they, do they get five points awarded or did they get stuff? To, they, they get, get like, like 50 five. points deducted when they're like wandering around later. I think when they go to uh Hagrid's uh, hut, but we'll talk about that. So, they basically get better friends. They get they, they become better friends once they save her. And they find out that Fluffy's guarding the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, um, the object that has the power to turn any metal into gold and produce a potion that grants immortality. Harry thinks that um, Snape is doing it. Uh, they're, he's playing Quidditch. And then uh, for the first time, Harry is. And his broom starts like freaking out. And they see... Um, Snape muttering incantations. They think it's him, but it's actually, we actually find out it ends up being Quirrell. Um, so they have a suspicion that um, Harry, or that Snape wants the stone because I think when Harry looked at Snape, his scar hurt, mm-hmm. even though it was actually Quirrell who was sitting right next to him. Um, so they've always had this this hunch and they keep like badgering Hagrid about it. And uh, Hagrid, it just to, was know. it McGonagall who bought the broom for Harry? Is that they were yeah. what they were implying? Yeah, the Nimbus okay. two thousand. Yeah, she she like it comes and they exchange looks and she has headwood. Favoritism. So yeah, I know. Nep- <laughs> I know. Seriously, a brand new. Well, broom, I think it's from his money. Oh yeah, I would maybe. assume it's from his money. Yeah. Um, so they uh, discover that um, you know Hagrid accidentally reveals to uh, the trio. Uh, the three of them that Fluffy will, will fall asleep and music is played to it. That you know that's he a, a little... name drops Nicholas Flamel. Yeah, Nicholas Flamel. He oh he goes they go to the the hut to find out that he's breeding the dragon Norbert, mm-hmm. and that's when they get in trouble. Um, Draco tells on them for being out at night, mm-hmm. and then they they deduct fifty points from each of them, and I think Malfoy too because he was out too. Yeah, and then they make him go to the Forbidden Forest for something just like accompanying Hagrid in the I, thought, I always think Very like, that's weird. child abuse <laughs> they're like oh, they're like oh if you go to the forest you might die but let's go they're the 11 years for punishment. old yeah with a guy who can't like use magic well like, yeah but also like and Draco Filch. and Harry and Fang are just alone yeah and then it's like no Hagrid else. and Ron and Hermione it's like that's fine but not just like Draco and Harry alone <laughs> yeah so um they that's when they see Voldemort like feasting on unicorn's blood because I think it like helps you stay alive. It helps mm-hmm. you stay alive or something. And for you see friends come out of nowhere like he saves them. What happened to? Did they just kind of like eradicate? No, in the books, yeah. In the or in the movies, the only time they come back is like the fifth movie when they like fuck up. Umbridge. He was supposed to be the um like astrology teacher. Astrology or teacher. Yeah. yeah, and they they have it in the books, but they only have them in yeah. Like they just only bring them back when they're like fucking up uh, Umbridge. Um. So they, after that, yeah, they find out that the mu- that the mu- uh, the fluffy can get music played to it. They decide that they're gonna try to find the stone before what they think is Snape. So first, they see that Fluffy has already fallen asleep due- with a harp. They go in, they get past Fluffy. The next is Devil Snare. Um, Ron's a fucking idiot. Basically, man. literally, Hermione's you just have to like, not move. Hermione's like, "Yeah, if you just lay here and don't freak out, you're gonna fall through and be fine." And Ron's like, "No, like, he can't. He can't. <laughs> yeah, not he's do the it. worst so she in has that to scene. Save his ass again." Um, and then the next is the uh, the chess scene, which I think you don't like the chess scene. <laughs> well, I just am like, well, it's like you didn't have. Did you have to like ride on the fucking knight's back? Like maybe that's but why also, you're gonna get. But also, 
he didn't like I was watching that scene because I was paying close attention to because I remember you were saying like I think I hate that scene or whatever. <laughs> and the first of all, the first thing he did it was like Hermione's like, do you think this is gonna be like real wizard's chest? And then he's like, okay, let me just move my my pawn and get it let it get mm-hmm. destroyed just to prove a point. Like first of all, terrible strategy if you want to win the game. Second of all, when he was on like. I wrote down Ron didn't get touched by the sword, but fell off and died. Yeah, I saw that too. Well, it's like, well, it's like he wasn't going to yeah, die. They're not going to stab him, but like he literally fell off. Like he was like injured, but like the guy just stabbed the horse. Yeah. Um. So they, uh, Ron ends up sacrificing himself so that Harry can go on and Hermione. Oh no, I'm forgetting the one task where they like fly on the broom to get the key. Yeah. But that was pretty, uh, inconsequential. So, uh, then Harry goes on to see Quirrell looking in the mirror of Erised. Uh, okay, can we just pause on that? Yeah. The mirror of Erised. Desire spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, J.K. Rowling, the mastermind. It's a remember. It's a remember all. I mean, I. Erised. We. <laughs> I didn't know it was. Oh. I just put that together today because I'm like, there's not like, it's Arisette. not even like Latin. Like, she couldn't even come up with a Latin name. She's like, Erised. <laughs> it's a palindrome. <laughs> um, oh my God. So, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we did kind of skip over the mirror of Erised. They discovered that one night with the invisibility cloak. Uh, basically, you stand in front of it and it shows you what your heart truly desires. Harry always sees his parents. Um, so, Quirrell is looking in front of him. He's like, why can't I get the fucking stone? He sees Harry's in there. He reveals that Voldemort's on the back of his head. Um, and Harry gets the stone basically by standing in the mirror. The stone is appears in front of him and it also goes right into his pocket. Like He actually gets it. Mm-hmm. And then he destroys Quirrell by the love in his blood. Um, it's from, love. It's love. Uh, from <laughs> his mom sacrificing himself. So pretty much after that... Uh, he beats, yeah, he beats Voldemort and Quirrell. Voldemort, like, then turns into a ghost and, like, flies at him, which is, like, kind of terrifying as a kid. And <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, why, like, my question is, why does Quirrell decide to choke him rather than use magic? <laughs> true. They, they, he tries for physical assault. Yeah, like, instead okay, of being like, you literally could wand. kill him with a fucking I could spell, use you idiot. Cadaver on him. <laughs> um, but I just decided to choke him out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I think he just go. He like he heals up in the hospital wing, and they're pretty much that's they end up winning the house cup. Yeah, which because they don't the house cup. Yeah, they make the house cup like a big deal, like the first and second movie, and they just don't care about it for the rest of the even the books and the movies. Like I don't think. That, yeah, I mean, also it's like favoritism towards yeah. Gryffindor, which is fine, but it's like, is Slytherin bad just because everyone hates them? Like I'm kind of just like they just love they're Gryffindor. Bad. They, well, they're bad. It's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy. Like everyone thinks they're bad and they act bad. Yeah, almost like. They're just douchebags. Even when Dumbledore is telling Gryffindor they're winning, he's whispering. <laughs> he's like, let me... 50 let me. points, too. I'm like, Gryffindor, speak up, man. And it takes even more strength to stand up to your friends. Yeah. 10 points for Longbottom. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. I mean, then they go home. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, they just go home. Yeah, um, and you know there's going to be another 800 movies after that. Yeah, seven more movies after that. Uh, any scenes that we want to call out? Before well, we you forgot to... about the other terrifying scene, which is when Harry goes into the restricted section and oh, the book with the... the face in it always scared the shit <laughs> out of me too. when that I was a kid. Scared, yeah, the book comes out. It just out like screams. 
yeah. Um. Oh, also, like, can we fucking talk about how Snape is carrying this whole movie when oh, he I love gives him. his little? His, that's on my yeah. His that's little on my, line. Uh, I can teach you to bottle fame. That's on my list. Yeah, he is <laughs> one of the best actors the in this senses. franchise. Alan Rickman, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, it's a great movie. I mean, like it. it I used to like not want to re- like rewatch the first movies because I thought they were so basic, but they they hold up. They're good. It's like really true to the book. Yeah, like very I think true. they get the the um sort of the the feeling of the book very accurate. But I do like the later movies better still. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen like the second or third in a while, so I am. I think I'm gonna like the second one once I watch that again because mm-hmm. I, I honestly haven't seen that in a while. But do we want to give a rating? Because I do have a rating for it. Um, I, yeah, we were talking about this before we recorded. I was like, I didn't give it a rating because I'm such a biased Harry Potter fan. That's hard mm-hmm. for me to like give it objectively like a, a rating. But I mean, what would you give? I it? mean, I gave it a six point nine. <laughs> like I couldn't. I can't. I can't give it that low of a score. But I'm thinking about it across the franchise as well. Like That's this movie, I, it was fun to rewatch, but like I would not rewatch. I would never pick this one as like if I'm doing a Harry Potter marathon, I'm usually doing four, five, six in the two sevens. But like it's hard for me to say that because I'm always comparing it to how much they're putting in the book, like from the books into the movies. Yeah, but we have different opinions. I know our opinions fine. are different. I always won't bother giving. It. I'm gonna. I'm but gonna. Yeah. Well, I'll rank them all. Like I'll say which one's best and worst, but I can't. Nah, I can't give it a rating. I would give it higher than that. Yeah, but, we know. But I won't. I yeah. I don't think I can. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I can't do that. Uh, but let's get into. We're gonna do a little, couple of our, our, our five of our favorite quotes. I got I don't five. Have, I have four. Okay, that's are they probably like the same quotes? Honestly, I, so so yeah, yeah. I'll do. Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, dry up, Dursley, you old prune. I was like, dry up, Dursley, you old prune. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I mean, my first one was just thanks. <laughs> the snake. Okay. Uh, I got people would think you're up something that yeah one. that one i put into that's <laughs> one of the best scenes out there um i did i can teach you how to bewitch the mind and ensnare the senses bottle fame brew glory <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like giving a full dramatic monologue i know that's good um obviously the, the troll in the dungeon yep, that i, I put that. that on there but other than that i didn't have it i think we basically have yeah we, we have oh i did no post on sundays <laughs> <laughs> yeah no post on sundays um yeah, but uh, that's gonna, I think, conclude our first, second uh, episode per week. This will come out on, I think, Thursdays. Yeah. Every Thursday morning, uh, and then our normal episode will be on Mondays. Yeah, and we're still doing movie news and all of that. Yeah. Same format for everything. Same, just adding a second. Yeah. Same format for the Mondays episode, uh, the Monday episodes, uh, and then this episode is going to be a lot freer. We're going to do like a lot of franchises at first. So we're starting with Harry Potter, and then you know maybe Lord of the Rings next. Oh, we're doing Lord of the Rings. Though, we're doing this. Hobbit with Lord yeah, of the Rings. Which, demand. Uh, are we going to watch <laughs> Hobbit first and then Lord of the Rings? I think you kind of have to do it after in, in a way. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. Like it's like Star Wars where you can a lot of people do four, five, six first, and then one, two, three. Yeah, I want to do it after. Thing. Um, yeah, we'll do that. Cause I'd rather watch the first, mm-hmm. obviously Lord of the Rings. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. If, uh, you're not following us on social media, you can find those links in the bio or the episode description. Mm-hmm. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, overcast, Google podcast, any of the, anything you listen on, give us a five star rating. You can give us less than that, I guess if you want, but I don't know why you would. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, and tell your friends. <laughs> tell your friends who like movies to listen to the pod. Uh, but thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you next episode. Bye.